Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And on this episode, I sat down with the one and only Taylor Mack at Joe's Pub, where I'm an artist in residence and also where I first got to see the one and only Taylor Mack perform. Taylor Mack is an unbelievable actor, writer, director, performance artiste, I believe is the phrase they use for people who develop their own works and do so with such theatrical perfection and delight and I never know what's going to happen next which is one of the main reasons I love Judy's work you will find out in our interview what Taylor often goes by Judy if you don't already know please do check out our interview and after that join me and come see Taylor Mack and Mandy Patinkin perform yeah it's really exciting okay here's my interview with Taylor Mack my my favorite thing that you've been called is a future. Uh, I um, you know probably know this better than I do. I had to write it down. A best uh, future legend by Tony. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a legend in the future, and we're not going to tell you when, Taylor. Thank God. I don't want to be told when I'm going to be a legend. <laughs> That's actually a good place to start, though. I think um, one of the things I loved in one of your. Um, well, you've spoken about it on stage, but also at the beginning of Lily's Revenge, which is one of your huge productions. So Taylor does solo work and then these really gigantic productions um, is the quote, and I want to make sure I get it correctly, but find out who you are without praise or blame and be it. That is Crinton Chris. Chris. Yes, who you said quote that. at the beginning. Yeah. And um, it's that was the title of one of the acts, or it was a... It was just kind of a little um, information to help uh, the audience understand, uh, or the reader, to understand what the act is about. Will you, will you say it again? Because I, re- I love that phrase. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, find out who you are without praise or blame and be it. So if you're, um, if you're a, uh, a, a performer... And you're neither good nor bad, um, but you're a performer, then you perform, right? And if people say, good job, good job, good job, good job, it has nothing to do with whether or not you're a performer or not. If they say, bad job, bad job, bad job, it has nothing to do. So you just find out who you are without the praise or blame, and then you, you do that thing. I think it's very uh, beautiful and notable for life in general. I liked that very much. Yeah. Now, you haven't had to have a survival job in a long, long time, but... Um, did you work at the drama bookshop? I did. I cleaned toilets yeah. at the drama bookshop. <laughs> I, was, I was so impressed to hear about the cleaning toilets, and more importantly, that you don't have to do it anymore, that I thought the only thing you should be scrubbing now is your back. So I got you this. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I have a, um, a sad story about that. <laughs> Actually, it's the, the last survival job I had was cleaning toilets at the um, drama bookshop. And um, Bette Midler came in. You had to clean the toilet after Bette Midler came in? (laughs) (laughs) And the toilet, it used to always clog and stuff, and it was clean when she went in, and then when she came out, there was Bette Midler poop all over the floor. And I was cleaning up the Bette Midler poop, and I thought, yeah, this is it. That's, I'm done. Was it beautiful poop? Did it smell nice? It was like human poop. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what happens. I have a feeling the show, the theme of the show is going to be all about oh, food. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoying your food down there? Um, 
One of the, the many things I love that you've written, and I encourage people to go to your website. I'm not just plugging it. You actually have these beautiful, you write these really eloquent things on it, manifestos, but, or a manifesto, but you also have, have really beautiful blog posts. And one was about auditioning. And I love how you mentioned that there's nowhere else in any other field where you actually audition. Like the director just gets hired or doesn't get hired. The plumber gets hired or doesn't get hired. They get paid. I guess it's an audition, but they still get paid for their time. But yeah. an actor has to has to go in and audition when no one else does. I mean, you could say that an interview is like an audition, but um, they're not. <laughs> Auditions are really cruel, the way they set it up and create, create this. You walk in, there's all these people there. They're all sitting behind a table, usually, and they're all staring at you, and, then, and they're all kind of like this. <sighs> yeah. If you can even get in the room. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, um, then you wrote this post on Facebook how you are not going to audition anymore, and I, I wanted yeah. to talk about that because I... What was the what propelled you to make a public statement instead of just saying like I'm not going to audition anymore? To stop myself from doing it. <laughs> is that, is that yeah. the way that people like try to lose weight or, or they're doing yeah. a marathon and so they right. like put it on their Facebook page like I'm running this, you better give money, and then you feel guilty if you just yeah. stop. Well, because somebody somebody asks you to do a pro. They say usually it's worded like this: We really are interested in you. We really want you to do this project, and you say, oh great, and it's a, an interesting thing, and you want to do it. And then they say, and can you come in and and you know do an audition for the director and blah blah blah. And and then you go, oh okay, I guess you don't really want me to do it. You want me to um, prove that I can do it. So then you go in, which is that's the industry, whatever. But uh, you go in and. You um, then you don't get the part, <laughs> and so and it, it, that's that's fine, but it's a lot of stress and it's a particular kind of um, skill set to audition, and you have to spend a lot of time learning the craft of it to be good at it. And I just don't, I I just don't want to do that. What is the craft? Because I tried for one season, I went out for for a pilot season, and uh-huh. I I auditioned five times to be a reporter on a certain show on Comedy Central, and. Um, and I didn't get it at the end, and you never, and I never even heard anything. But they kept when they wanted me to come in, they were so excited. I was the greatest thing in the world. And then right. when they don't, you don't. There's and then no, they don't talk to no, you at all. No, at all. Yeah, it's like that. It's just kind of inhuman and rude, and I just don't have the time for it in my life because it it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and so you're tempted to say yes because every single time they act like oh. it's they're really excited about you and and it's a neat project, but um, and it's money and work. Yeah. You want to work. I mean, that's I think what the hardest part is wanting to work and not being able to. That's the. I mean, the sad thing is it's like for theater, so it's not even money, you know. Oh. <laughs> I would, I was, I was aiming a little higher. That's yeah. why I was going to horrible television shows. But I understand. Um, and another great thing, one, one of the many things um, I love is that you have said to make your own work, make one's own work. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to hear how you came to that decision, where you were like, "Fuck it." What was your instead of Oprah asking, "What was your aha moment?" What was your "fuck it" moment? Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Cleaning the poop. I thought. <laughs> Bette Midler poop. Um, I uh, I think I always was making work. I just didn't understand that um, other people would want to see it, um, or 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 that it would be helpful for anyone other than my own kind of artistic expression. And um, so, uh, what I realized is that um, being in plays that I didn't care about. Um, 
in order to <laughs> get paid money that I wasn't going to, you know, pay the bills, uh, was actually not helping anyone either. <laughs> so, right, right. So I just finally uh, decided to just commit whole hog to um, making my own stuff, and and I think it's been helpful for people, um, and it's definitely been an interesting life, much more interesting than if I'd been doing uh, the latest revival of The Little Foxes or something, you know? Yes, yeah, you're on, you're on. forget foxes. I want to um, show people what, uh, just give a taste for, who knows Taylor Mack's beautiful work and has seen his production? So, I didn't know how to explain his beautiful productions, but I thought one part that was really important was the makeup that goes into it. So what I wanted to do was, if you can, I don't have a um, blindfold for you. I have a pinata rope. Um, Should I just look out that way? Just look out this way. Right. And um, who is going to be honest with me? Will someone tell me if he cheats? Yes. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to um, guess at these pictures um, what you're dressed as, and you will, you will let me know. Not dressed as, but what the makeup symbolizes. And I really am just doing this because your makeup is so fabulous. So let's look at the first one, Jason, to... Um, see what care goes into these costumes. So, Shaka, will you help me a little bit? This is like a, a extraterrestrial uh, android, but with like a little shrug in case shrek. like you're going to like a reunion. And then there's sort of like this damsel in distress, kind of very low uh, cut um, <laughs> top. That's more like if you're serving beer at sort of a fratty bar. Uh, and then a, a character um, from Total Recall. Yes, and then okay. beautiful uh, warts. Um. <laughs> So I think that is a, a look that Derek Little made, actually. Um, uh, it was, it's in my alien. I did a show about illegal aliens, and um, that was my illegal alien look. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yep. Was that, is that about right? I was wearing a dirndl, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. perfect. Okay, he, whatever you, you win, you win at least some chocolates out of this. Uh, <laughs> out of this. Oh. <laughs> um. I'm supposed to step on it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was supposed yeah, to yeah, do we'll that earlier. Oh, well. Um, uh, let's go to the, the next one. These are just absolutely exquisite ma makeup. Okay, this is very patriotic, and for someone who's so progressive liberally, I'm very impressed how proud you are to be an American. And it looks like there may be thumbtacks, though, also, so that looks like a little masochistic to me, but that's just me personally. And you kind of look like a pinata in some ways, too, I would say, with the, the beautiful blue and red um, bustle coming out of your hair, or else you just look like you went ape shit at the uh, like gift wrap section of Barnes and Nobles. So that was also a Derek Little uh, thing that we collaborated on that one, uh, where um, uh, Derek wanted to take some pictures of me, and so I came over, and this was our first time ever working together, and uh, and I was always gluing stuff to my face, and and he said, "What could you glue to your face this time?" And I said, how about thumbtacks? And so we glued thumbtacks, and then he got all these balloons so that we could make it look like, you know, a little, add a little conflict into the photo. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> in, in the photo shoot, did you actually put out the balloons with your head? <laughs> Even just for fun? Uh, I think we did try one, and it didn't quite work. Oh. It'd be a great Tylenol ad, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, these are, you know, because like you, anyway, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we know, um, we know. 
I think it's I think it's unbelievable. Do you and do you do your makeup before your own shows or does someone else do? I always do my makeup before my own shows. Uh, it depend, but sometimes if it's a big show, I used to do it all myself. And but then as I'm getting older and I'm realizing that I want to um, think of theater as this thing that it's collaborative art form, which it is. That you then ask other people okay. to uh, you know incorporate their vision into what you're doing. And so um, now uh, if I'm doing a big play with lots of characters, then I'll have somebody design the makeup and, and then I'll do their makeup. But I do it myself night after night. But if it's just me doing a show here at Joe's Pub, then I, I will do it myself. Okay. Because the budgets are so big here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know about that. Now, this one is exquisite. You have lips to die for. They're gorgeous, red, luscious, puckered lips that Nabokov wished he had, where he would have been, he would have had a, even more inspiration when he was young. And then at the same time, your hair, your hair is like this confusing uh, rat's nest, but it could be like a Kennedy if they got too wasted, you know, if like Ethel or someone just got smashed. I feel like it yeah. looks a lot like Rose Kennedy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just that thing, there's a woman in my neighborhood where I can't tell she's either really rich and a real artist, or she's really poor, and it's like the hair is like that. You know, it's a fine line between I don't understand the couture world. Um, and then your, your makeup is exquisite. It's, it's beautiful. Your lashes. I have no idea. Oh, sorry. I'm a horrible. I mean, because, um, because uh, a matted wig is basically describes almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look at it. I don't it like my wigs to look um, good. So, uh, that's how that's how I feel every morning. Yeah. I'm like, forget that. Sometimes I wear them on backward, you know. Sometimes they're on the shoulder. I don't, you know, and not big on the wig. Well, how um, how would you describe this beautiful makeup? I'll let you look at it because I I'm so impressed. Oh with- my god, um, I, I, that was that splash bar. Yeah, I was I was uh, I think it was a. Um, I think I was just there presenting, actually, at the, the drag awards. And all the drag queens are also polished and so gorgeous and beautiful and stuff, so I, I like to do something that scares them. Um, I like that. You've yeah. described yourself as drag royalty. What does that mean? I haven't described yes, myself have. that I way, have. It have on I? Tape. I have it on tape. The dra- no drag queen would ever describe <laughs> me as drag royalty. <laughs> They're always it like, was, it was, oh no, honey. It was in a talk back, so maybe you were just being, maybe you were <laughs> I was being, being tongue in cheek. Yes. Well, I don't, you know, um, there are these little babies, though, that are, are coming up. You know, as you get older, I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm Penny, I'm, I'm starting to kind of understand what you've been going through the last 20 years. Um, is that there are these little babies that come up and. You're talking and, about young people, yeah, not actual babies. Not actual babies. I was imagining these fabulous babies. <laughs> Sounds like the most fun baby shower ever. Po- yeah. Pooping on the sidewalk. But, <laughs> you know, young people that, that, are, that have seen one thing that you've done or something like that, and they base their entire um, artistry on it, which is, uh, which is both really beautiful and also a little scary and, um, and like, oh, no, 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 go do that. You know, but they're in that stage where they're trying to figure it all out and stuff. So it's less, um, so I do see a little kind of children, um, <laughs> baby Taylor Max around. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. That's, that is very yeah. um, odd. Yeah, it's odd. It's an odd Let's thing. look at the, the next one. Um, let's see what you are in this one. Okay, so this one you look, I think, a little waspy. I think you might yeah. be on your way to Nantucket. But maybe it's Fire Island, I'm not sure. 
and you have a striped shirt on. It's gray so and it's red. It's a great like hoodie combination yeah. sweater. Your hair looks amazing, I have yeah. to say. Like sort of mid-speaking, great makeup. <laughs> I'm wearing a hoodie? <laughs> I didn't dress you for it. I don't think Machine Dazzle, who often does your costumes, I don't think Machine Dazzle um, dressed you for this either. I'm going to have to That's look at guess. this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> oh, that's awful. How embarrassing. Um, and actually, this is a good segue, because I was going um, to... I, I love that you have chosen um, a gender pronoun for yourself, and I wanted to hear about the history of Judy. So instead of saying he or she, because I feel like sometimes I'll say oneself, but other times themself, which is grammatically incorrect... And I just love that you made a conscious choice. Yeah, well, I don't really feel like... I, mean, I really do feel rather genderqueer. And I... Um, even though yeah, I may not look it right now. Uh, and I... Or maybe I do. <laughs> and I just... Um, I, I really... I put a lot of thought into it because I, I wanted to have a, a gender pronoun. My friend Justin Vivian Bond chose a gender yes. pronoun, which is V. Who's up next? And, um, tonight, Joe's pub. Yes, yes later tonight. Stick around for Justin, um, for Vivian. So, and I... And I thought that was really smart because, I, because I've been hearing about these gender pronouns and I wrote a play about gender pronouns 15 years ago, 10 years ago I started writing it. And, um, and, and so I thought, that's smart, I should choose a gender pronoun. So I was inspired by Vivian. And, uh, I, and I thought, which one would be right for me? And I thought it should be Judy. I didn't want it to be a, a word or a letter or something. I wanted it to be a name. And I wanted it to be a name that when people used it, it made them a little happier. Uh, nice. Because usually everyone rolls their eyes when you say a gen your, someone's gender pronoun. That's not if, if you're kind of part of the status quo and you have to use someone's gender pronoun, you're like, um, Zay <laughs> was going to the store and... Uh, here, you know, it gets very confusing. People don't like it, and and they don't, don't like to use it. So I wanted to use one that would make people a little bit happy, but also if they rolled their eyes, it would make them really camp. So, <laughs> so if you say Judy, <laughs> my gender pronoun is you know emasculating you, and um, I, I just and also it's because I I felt like. Um, it would confuse people. So if somebody said, we went and saw Taylor's show, Judy was fabulous, it would seem like they were saying, there's always this person, Judy, hanging out with me, and she's better than me. Um, which is true. There is Judy's always hanging out with me. So... In addition to doing individual shows, you do these massive productions, um, some that are five to 24 hours. Are you on Ritalin? <laughs> no, not even caffeine. How, how are you performing and directing for five hours, never mind 24 hours? Um, well, I get a lot of help. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. But they can't keep you awake. No, 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 no. But, um, you know, I just, well, I've never done a 24-hour concert, so I don't know, I might fall asleep. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to do one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing, I'm working on one. So. It's really exciting. Um, the one thing I just wanted to ask in the walk across 
America for Mother Earth. I got these at the drama bookshop where I used to work, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm having Taylor Mac on my show. He's kind of a big deal. Anyway. Um, you should have taken a dump on the floor of the bathroom. <laughs> we say a famous below 14th Street. <laughs> but so, okay, in it, at one point, because it's five hours long, you have a part where people, two people, um, two women and two men have horror baths. In the in yeah. the notes, <laughs> sure, yeah. Can you um, explain to me what specifically horror baths are? Oh, oh, you've never. I'm sure you've had one before. No, um, no, I would remember. Trust me. So it's basically you're not really showering. You could just do it with a sponge, or um, it could just be perfume. Um, but a horse bath but is that's basically European bath. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh well, people have their different opinions. <laughs> Okay, um, a horse okay. bath is basically like a sponge. You got a sink, and you you know you wash yourself off, and you, off you go. And that's and that's that. Yeah, you, you got somebody coming in two minutes. Somebody just came. You know, you're like washy washy washy. Okay, ready? You know, that's a horse bath. Now I get it. Okay, because yeah. it's barely a wash. Yeah. Um, and you're you're doing a show with Mandy Patinkin. I just wanted to hear <laughs> hear about that because. So exciting. Can you talk a little bit about what, what the show is that you guys are working on? Uh, it's called The Last Two People on Earth, an Apocalyptic Vaudeville. And it, we just, it's just a little vaudeville show. Um, there's no dialogue in it. Uh, we created it with Susan Stroman. Um, and, uh, an up and comer. An up and comer, Susan Stroman. Just, you know, not, she's just really, you know, the baby. We're hoping. She's, yeah, she, she's been working at La Mama for years <laughs> and just hoping to come up. Uh, so we, we've been doing the show. We created a show together and there's no dialogue. We just sing songs and we, we act like we're the last two people on earth. <laughs> and it's really stupid. <laughs> it is the stupidest thing and the most avant-garde thing I have ever made in my life. And uh, it's a total joy to do, and they are incredible and um, to work with, and I just I just love them to death, and the audiences seem to have a really good time on it. So we've we've been having yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to just give the audience a, a taste of of your beautiful work. Um, so I was going to ask if you could play this song "Practice" because even though it's about love, I think it applies to work as well. And why Taylor plays that? Can we show those pictures from Lily's Revenge, which is another beautiful show of his, just so you can see um, more of more of Taylor Mac? Tell me if you need anything. I need a stand for okay. this mic, or um, oh, a cute boy to hold it. Why does this feel just like OK Cupid already? Thank you. Kabunk, bunk. All right. I like to sing this song at um, benefits um, because uh, it's my one chance to talk about queer sex for the oligarch. And they usually, um, they either really love it, or they, you'll understand, they go like this. <laughs> Scott Lambert had the smallest penis I have ever seen. But I loved him. Carl Lepvik had the worst European 
dentistry. That line goes over really well when I perform in Europe. But I loved him. Craig Coburn, he'd get drunk and puke all over me. But I loved him. Stephen Lott, he would answer his cell phone while we fucked. But I loved him. Mark O'Connor, he stuck crystal meth up my ass while I was sleeping. <laughs> but I loved him. Joshua Stewart. He had a fear of commitment, or maybe it was just a fear of commitment with me. I'd say, give it time, we'll see. It was me, eventually. But I loved him. Michel Sudebicki. He was French, and um, he wanted to teach me French, and, and I thought that was a great idea. And, he would, and so he went, Choo. and I said, Choo. and he went, no! <laughs> and so he said, Choo. so I said, and he went, no! He said, Choo. so I said, Choo. and he went, no! And it went on like that until we broke up. But I loved him. John Worth, he was molested as a child and raised Jehovah Witness. And he would have panic attacks where he thought people were following him. So we took his car and he, we'd drive it into the forest where we'd spend the night so that nobody could find him and hurt him. Like his father, who did once hire a hitman to kill John, but the hitman just ran off with all the money. It's true. And then John's father, who was manic depressive, decided to kill himself instead by asphyxiating on the exhaust pipe from a lawnmower. But not before he wrote in big spray paint letters all along the walls of John's childhood home. John is a dirty faggot who deserves to die. <coughs> die. <coughs> die. Now John lives with his tennis playing boyfriend, who I don't like. Because he says bad things about John. But at least he does not beat him like the last one, who I don't like. And sometimes John says that having small amounts of love is better than having far too much. And that he has had far too much And that he is happy being somewhat happy And I cannot argue Cause I love him Taylor Mac, that's me, last one He scored badly on his SATs And sometimes thinks that he's too skinny Or his breath too stinky Or that he's not worth much Cause he has no money And sometimes he thinks he'll never have a healthy love life Cause he has a problem talking about sex with his lovers Even though he doesn't have a problem talking about sex in front of a hundred strangers And sometimes they think so never have a healthy love life Cause the lovers always try to hurt each other They say bad things and nip and bite you Take advantage, drink, drug and fight you Carry all their parents' baggage Talk about their ex-love saggage Cross their boundaries and yours too Keep their secrets far from you Fuck the strangers You do too Sorry and they hold you tightly to your limp dick Not support you when you get sick Keep you going, coward stalls Hard to see the end and all Find the right one and they die From disease, car crash, suicide
But he tries to recollect that people have been struggling with this love thing their whole lives throughout all of time. And it just takes practice, practice, practice. And you have to take all of the many chances. Sure, it's hard, but he is hopeful that his love life will be more than copeful. And I love him. So beautiful. Please give a round to Taylor Mack. Taylor, thank you so, so much for coming. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you to Ian Mazoff, and thanks to all of you for listening. Go to employeeofthemonthshow.com. Get on the mailing list so you can find out about discounts for our future live tapings. The next one is June 26th at Joe's Pub. And subscribe on iTunes. You can also go online to figure out ways to get involved because we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for all of your comments and feedback. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.